This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, hello once again and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show where a group of Mansfield Man supporters come together to debate, discuss and sometimes moan about the latest from our beloved club in the only show in existence which is 100% dedicated to Mansfield Town FC. Probably. I'm Craig Freest and today it's pretty much all changed. We've moved from Carbank Park where we spent the last two weeks back to Titchfield Park. Now, if you watched the first week of the podcast, you may sort of, you know, recognise where we are. We're fingers crossed today that it doesn't start raining after about 10 minutes and we have to head inside yeah. to the cafe. Fingers crossed. Also, <laughs> those of you who are watching may notice a slight change to the panel as well. To my right, Mark Plum is back, as right. always, to join me on, yeah. on the podcast. But uh, to my left, he's not Nathan Edge, no. And it's not, uh, it, it's not our Cam Felton either. It's, uh, it, it's Kirsty Swan, one of our bloggers from MTFC Matters. A little wave from the yeah. camera as if well. If you're watching video. <laughs> If you're watching the video, you know, who knows, who knows. Two choices, of course, watch the video or listen to the audio, whichever you want to do. Uh, Scott Rogers was supposed to be joining us again this week, but uh, if you're watching this spot back, Scott, and, you know, you didn't manage to make it, feel free to come on another week, feel free to come on another week. Uh, We are here, though, as always, to talk about Mansfield Town FC and to, you know, have a chat about the Stags and all about the the season so far and what have you but this week we start with a little bit uh, of sad news on the podcast on uh, Saturday of course as we headed for Accrington we started the afternoon by hearing the sad news uh, of the loss of uh, former Stags boss Duncan Russell he sadly lost his battle with cancer aged just 59 he was appointed of course by um by David Holdsworth as Mansfield's number two back in the summer of 2010. Russ then took the reins as caretaker when David Holdsworth was sacked and with Paul Hall alongside him, guided Mansfield through the darkest ever waters it found itself in, finishing with some light at the end of the tunnel uh, away with that trip to Wembley. And obviously, I'm, I'm guessing both of you would have been at Wembley on that day yeah. in 2011. And, uh, and what a day it was. It was. didn't finish as good as we wanted it to, but good match yeah certainly yeah. so and, and Mark what are your, your memories yeah I mean anyone to get you there you know it just shows you the achievement that we had there it was a tough time for the club and you know it was a great achievement by all yeah certainly so and obviously uh, me personally at the time I just started sort of doing back commentary again and, and 
got to sort of work alongside Duncan Russell and I'll be completely honest when I first started in this industry my interviewing experience was slightly tainted by a former manager whose name I'm not going to mention yeah. most of you can probably work out who it is anyway but uh, yeah. he absolutely destroyed me in an interview and I, from that I had massive sort of anxiety issues in terms of doing interviews you know did I think I was good enough to do an interview and things like that but working with Duncan Russell he was such a, a nice guy he you know was approachable he, you could talk to him you could have an open honest conversation with him even, even after the defeat he'd be open and honest and yeah. I think his the way he was in terms of his approachability and, and the way he interacted with people sort of reassured me as a person that do you know what it, it is okay to do interviews it is okay to ask harder questions and actually I think as I reflect now if it wasn't for that interaction with Duncan Russell at the time I don't think I'd have been able to do interviews and wow. to, to be fair I'd probably not do the, the job I do now which involves interviewing different people at different times and to be fair as well that's what we're doing here really I'm, yeah. I'm interviewing the yeah. two of you I'm speaking to the two of you having a conversation and yeah. I, I genuinely don't think without Duncan Russell there and without having that experience that I did that I'd be able to, to do that so I think I owe a lot to, to Duncan Russell and his passing was uh, a very very sad one uh, indeed and I'm sure I speak for all of us here and we say it'll be sadly missed in the, the footballing world as well so uh, yeah obviously uh, rest in peace yeah. Duncan Russell yeah. and, and no doubt thanks for the memories let's move on then uh, and talk about another sad event but not sad in comparison whatsoever of course the, the loss at Accrington on, on Saturday it was uh, <laughs> it's always a difficult one to go to isn't it Accrington Stanley the bogey yeah. team I don't think we've yeah. won there since the 1930s Kirsty so I think it's, it says all it's it needs lot, to say yeah yeah. yeah. The new team, we had plenty of bogey teams and they're definitely definitely one of them with a bogey player in Billy Key which for some reason never worked with us but he's certainly been scoring goals for fun against us ever since he left so is it always that's always the case isn't it when old players come back to bite and, and Billy Key certainly seems yeah. seems like one of them you know before before the game obviously you'll probably sit down with, with mates and you'll speak on social media and, and things like that did you expect Mansfield to come back with anything from Accrington in your heart of hearts with the stats of obviously not winning there I thought if we get a draw that would be the best that we could hope for so a loss wasn't a massive surprise well so for 89 minutes Mark yeah. it was looking like we were going to bring the point back wasn't it yeah I mean we played some good football at times obviously it's a tough place to go to for any team I mean they really make it intimidating and you know I think a point would have been a fair result but again set Peters cost us again it's it's so frustrating isn't it because we, we we sort of spoke before the match didn't we yeah. we were sort of still on the terraces and we were saying one thing we've got to do here today and we said it on last week's podcast as well is defend corners and not give Accrington anything because they're the type of team yeah. who will you know get their heads down they'll grind out points and they hit teams late on and we see it again and again and again yeah that's alright that's right and it's cost us again and afterwards you know I was walking back to my car you was walking back to the bus I saw you there and a lot of people it's, it's a difficult one for me because I don't like to see players get criticised when they're so far away from you I think that's wrong yeah. because I think they know sometimes they've made a mistake and they've made yeah. an error yeah. and a lot of people were screaming at Conrad Logan Yeah. but we have to talk about it yeah. should he have come for the ball yeah, of course yeah. you should. I mean, I think with goalkeepers, you know, they should chart, you know, make it, make the ball theirs. I mean, it's meant to be a commanded keeper, you know, and 
if, you, if you're a goalkeeper, you know, you come out, you punch it if you can, you know, just get any point of contact on it really and just make the box your own. Uh, Kirsty, you've watched, you've not had a chance to watch Elejnik yet. No. What, what do you make of Logan compared to other keepers that you, you know, you'll have seen for stags in, the, in previous seasons? He does remind me quite a bit of Scott Shearer from obviously beginning of last season and season before because he just seems to be stuck he doesn't want to go any further than the six yard box and it's not like commanding and shouting whereas we've had keepers before I'm trying to think of names now like Marriott and um, like Pilkington because all I can think of but they like command and they come out and they go for the crosses they might not be good at the other stuff but you want a goalkeeper that's going to fill you with confidence not one way thinking like where is he have I got to go for it is he going to get it and then it just it just sort of it's always been a problem with Mansfield and their defence because they either get the goalkeeper sorted and they have a dodgy defence or it's the other way around I mean let's take a look at, at that goal which won it for Accrington Stanley corner late on one thing which watching back on the highlights and watching back on the, on the full match which is a fantastic addition to iFollow if you're a subscriber of that service is the fact the corner comes in it's not a well hit corner no, anyway no. but not one Mansfield player goes either with the marker or even attempts to jump no, I think it was Hayden White wasn't it that let him free and then that led to the goal it's, they're all it's sort of like goal. stuck to the floor yeah. and from the highlights I watched on YouTube it was like always, always, it was like Logan was actually in the net already and seemed to dive like a good few seconds after the ball had been nodded in. It was dead, it was dead strange how, how we went for it. If you were in a defender's mindset and you were, you know, you knew Accrington Stanley was a, a tough place to go, tough place to, to, to get a point from, it's the 89th minute, they've got a corner. If you were a defender, would you be happy if Conrad Logan steamed out, steamrolled you, knocked you to the floor, but had the ball in his hands? Yeah, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Of course you would. Yeah, that's it. That's what you, that's what your job is, isn't it? You know, just keep the ball out of the net at the end of the day. So. Especially that late in the game, you just yeah. do anything. Is that the most frustrating thing because it was so late, or, or is the frustrating thing in once again the fact that we've not come to claim a corner and we've not dealt with another set piece? Yeah, again, it's just the same old mistakes, isn't it? I mean, they're the basics, aren't they? And that's what you should be working on in training. I mean, it, it's something they should be working on. And, you know, again, it's the same old mistakes as well. So we need to put it right. Yeah, and obviously, Kirsty, from, from your perspective, we've, we've obviously heard mine and Mark's views for ages. We can talk yeah. for, for ages. But yeah. um, what's, what's your take on it all? Obviously, you know, you've seen... You're a season ticket holder, you sit in, in the West Lower, you sit just yep. behind the, the away dugouts. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But in terms of how you've seen, what do you make of the new squad which Steve Evans has, has put together? Because we'll come on to it a little bit more detail in a, in a while. But for me, on paper with this, with this team who can go and win the league, I've not watched a match yet where I've walked away from and said, you know what, this is a championship winning team. Yeah, I'm the same. Because you read... Every time, obviously, a player gets signed, like latest striker, has got a Champions League experience and Scottish Premiership, or we've bought, like, we've got Joel Byron, he got promoted with Northampton, and then, obviously, like, surplus requirements. And you see all the players coming in, but like you say, you're watching them, and it doesn't really seem that different from, obviously, the one match that I've seen so far. Different from the end of last season, but we've bought in a supposedly bigger quality of signings of players so it is a bit disappointing because 
you're just watching him and you're thinking, well, he's making the same mistakes there, or why is he playing instead like a play from last season, like with Reese Bennett, but I think he's had a bit of an injury. It's a good argument but, that though, yeah. isn't it? Because you know, yeah. you look at you look at last year, the back end of last season. Evans comes in and we have this back four. We've got Hayden White, Christian Pierce, Reese Bennett at centre back, who are, to be fair, I rate him at a centre back over than a right, yeah. right back. And then Benning at left back. The only change in that, really, of the last two games, if you look at it, has been the addition of Xander Diamond. It's that old expression if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I mean, I agree, don't get me wrong, and I, I agree with strengthening and bringing Diamond and, and Murphy in, in, and you've got Taft there as well, but you don't need to put them in for the sake of we've brought you so we're going to play you yeah because last season obviously when Taft played he was a good quality like defender but he struggled with his injuries but when Bennett and Pierce were playing together it was like a solid back four and I just feel like now because he's especially with pre-season when I was like reading like the teams it doesn't seem like that he's found his back four because he's forever swapping the players all the time and nobody gets a proper seems to get a proper partnership to do but it is like with Reese Bennett you think he played was it, did he play every single yeah. Yeah. minute yeah. of last season yeah. and then like now it seems to be like well we've got this defender who's been promoted so you're like sort of surplus requirements yeah. in some ways yeah. I think the other thing is well obviously it's a new team so it's going to take them time to get to know each other and that's always going to take a few months isn't it yeah I think Steve Evans did reference that obviously in his press call on, on Monday morning which is you know I do agree with and, and, and fair enough but again that's what pre-season's for yeah whereas when you were looking it was literally 45 minutes one team 45 minutes another team so nobody's had time to gel together to get like a good partnership up and down like between left back and left midfield so it's, it's just a bit of a shame because it's all right him saying need time to gel but that's the perfect time for him to gel in pre-season so, exactly. but then you've got to give everyone a chance but and I guess there is the the, the issue of, of obviously um, you know getting people the same amount of minutes and the same amount of game time but yeah. you, you can do that in, in playing behind closed doors games can't you I mean yeah. that's why we, we play Peter and, and things like that which is you know that let's move from a negative to a positive then and talk about the addition of Kane Hemmings this week obviously signed on a uh, season long loan from Oxford we've been crying out for an for a out and out goal scorer yeah. this guy can do it he can but yeah. well, hopefully we'll do it for us as well because yeah. obviously that's what we need we need that another proven striker to go up with Danny Rose just to help him out a bit and contribute into getting getting more goals because I think that's what we lack last few seasons we've had was it last season like 12 goals was the highest scoring and that was Matt Green but Danny Rose I think he was only one or two off and he didn't even play half the season because he weren't fit so we definitely need somebody just to come in hit ground running and just smash them balls in back at net yeah. you obviously wrote a blog post on it last yeah. night Mark yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just look at his CV and that. I mean, okay, I know it's his past tense, but I mean, if he's a, you know scored a amount of goals he has at League One level, he can come down to League Two. I mean, a lot of Oxford fans didn't want to see him go. But the only thing about it is, I read as well that if he starts scoring for us, they can recall him in January. So that's another thing that's a bit of a concern. So that is a, that is a danger, and I think it is it is a concern. But also as well, with that. If he is scoring golfers and they can recall him, what we can also do as, as part of that deal is say, right, 
here's X amount of money, we're going to now take the option to buy him. Yeah. You'll buy him early. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and go for that. Because obviously we have the option to, it's with a view to a permanent move, isn't it? Which, yeah. you know, many of these things so, sort of are. But having that addition of, of Kane Hemmings in there, it's a, he's a striker that Stevens has tried to sign before at other clubs, at a record of almost one in two games, I would say, which, he, which is great. Yeah. What where does he fit in is he Danny Rose's partner does he bring something out of, of Leanne Gall who basically who's who's he taking the place of on Saturday when we face Luton because I think we would all be disappointed if Kane Hemmings had signed this week and doesn't find his name on the team sheet come Saturday afternoon yeah you would be massively disappointed if you were him um, for me I would probably partner him with Danny Rose for a bit because Danny Rose already got two goals so far so he's already up and running Angle got one at the weekend but if he didn't score that then he shouldn't be a striker because it was a pretty easy tap in but I do it was think a very comedy moment it was, well, yeah. <laughs> See, it was almost like pantomime because I think it, it sort of, the ball dropped and he sort of looked around and we were all shouting it's behind you like a punter <laughs> yeah. oh no it's not oh yes it was punter gags <laughs> <laughs> But no, sort of going going back to obviously Kane Hemmings, obviously and trying to get in the side. You, you know, you were saying there about Leanne got. For me, I think he's got. I, I've watched him. I think he's got bags of ability, and we know he can score goals. Yeah. But it's like the Danny Rose thing, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it took him six months to sort of find his feet under Steve Evans last year, and, and what we don't want now is to just be saying, right, well, we've got one, and we've got two or three that need to find the feet. No, we need two yeah. because, as we as we've said, a knock to Danny Rose and. Before the addition of Kane Hemmings, yeah, you know, touch, you know, touch what he, he does come off. But before that addition, we would have been worried. Well, I think that's what he's thinking is bringing them in as well. I mean, you've got the likes of Angle as well as backup, and you know, Spencer as well. He can be a useful player to bring in as well. So you know, I mean, again, it's what we've spoken about before in previous podcasts. You know, with the strength and depth we've got is quality. But yeah, for me, I'd, yeah, I probably would start Hemmings over and Angle. If I'm being honest with you. Just on, based on performances more than anything, I think. Mm. Certainly so. Right, we're going to move to one of our regular features now. And Mark, I'm very disappointed in you because you've not, you didn't nudge me in the ribs at the start of the podcast and say, "I'm whispering my ear." You're supposed to do the connection question. That's <laughs> supposed to happen at the start of the podcast. Yeah. It doesn't. It's been a very long week, people. I've been awake <laughs> since five o'clock. I get my excuse in every week, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just really bad at doing this whole job. Maybe I should just. Leave now. What do you reckon? No, no, no. Just leave you two to it now. Yeah, you're all right. Fair Fair play. I know what it is. You know, you come with it. You do all the work, and we'll just turn up and talk about it. No problem. Uh, The connection question for those who don't know is something which we usually ask at the start of the podcast. We're only 17 minutes in. It's fine. It's near the start, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, Basically, it's a loosely, it's a loose question. Were to ask all the panellists each week at the start of the podcast or near it um, which relates to the game which is coming up on Saturday obviously Luton on Saturday of course we'll talk more about them in a moment or so but throughout history Mansfield and Luton have always had hard fought battles not as tense however as in 2011 when the Stags very much the underdogs beat the Hatters over two legs to reach Wembley obviously Duncan Russell in charge as well so a little bit of that in there as well the question is which Stags player gave Mansfield the advantage in the 1-0 win in the first leg at the one Course Stadium a goal which would prove pivotal when Louis Briscoe put that penalty in, in the second leg who was the player the unsung hero oh. to make Mansfield win by a goal to nil Mark do you think you have a name in your head yeah Okay, yeah. Kirsty, you, you, you're not so sure I'm no. guessing by that reaction? No, I've got no idea on that no one. No idea. 
As soon as you say it, it'll be like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's the guy. But well, no. if Cam Felton was here on this week's podcast, which is not because he's in Scarborough well, at the moment, cheat down there, he, he's he covered would have it. A, yeah, I've covered it because I, I thought you might follow his, his, his pattern. I know how much you've got an affinity with Cam now, Mark, because you, yeah. you know, you're, you're, yeah, you're a yeah, yeah. bit of a bromance, you know, yeah, yeah. Cam and Mark, that, that duo, poor man, Sam yeah. and Mark. We thought you might cheat as well, so I've had to cover it up yeah. uh, as well. So um, there you go, we'll find out who that was later in the show as well. Let's move back then to talking about the topics so I quickly move my bit of paper so neither of them uh, can cheat this week uh, a bit of positive news off the pitch uh, which is of course financial stability uh, a loss of only £10,000 between June 2015 and June 2016 uh, has been announced which is a reduction of 74000 from the previous year um, first and foremost what a saving that is I mean well if said. I could save 74k in a year I'd, well I wouldn't be sitting in Titchfield Park talking into this camera I'd be on a beach somewhere sorry guys <laughs> yeah absolutely well I mean you just see the Rapids again I mean ever since they've come in they've done wonders for this club and you know it's fantastic I mean you think how much money they're spending on the players wages and bringing Steve Evans in and I mean the club going forward it just excites you really and you know I've heard as well there's talk of Bishop Street being sorted as well when the attendance has got up so oh, it's be nice, certainly positive steps into it for the club and fair, t- fair, fair play to the Rapids again certainly is yeah. Stung by a wasp here. This is nice. Hello, Mr. Wasp. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, that's fun. That's okay. That's okay. I've lost all composure now. With that amount of money, though, when you look at what they've actually done at the club as well, that is is a massive amount. When you think, obviously, they've re- obviously it's not so much counting now, but just the improvements to the ground. Obviously, like the sandy peat bar that had a massive uplift. Was it last year? Mm-hmm. And without the, that seventy-four, you know, thousand pounds saving, you know, things like that wouldn't have been able to to make happen. No. no. Uh, I think one thing we need to, to get clear here, and I want to sort of get it out there as well, is a lot of people slated Adam Murray for some of the players he brought in, and you know, some of the football he played. But let's be honest here. You know, if we look at this on paper, mm. June twenty fifteen to June twenty sixteen, who was the manager? Mm. Adam Murray. Yeah. To me, this says that Adam Murray had no transfer budget because yeah. where's the one area where you make savings on as a football club? Transfer Tran- budget. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look at, at that now, you're looking, you know, if you're in <coughs> 26 players in, in that time frame, three of which were from the, the youth team, all of which were on free transfers and, and got rid of 17 players, some of which were for money, Ali Palmer, uh, Nathan Thomas to name, uh, but a couple yeah. of those as well. How good of a job did Murray do in, it, in being able to bring us in players who were still capable were still decent players mm. they weren't awful scrappy mm. but had his hands tied in terms of finances you've got to give him some credit right yeah you've got to for that because I can imagine if you look at the budget next year when it comes out it won't be well it'd be nice if it was even but with the amount of money we spent this year but he didn't but say he didn't bring in rubbish players obviously like he bought in Ali Palmer from lower leagues but he had a proven Record, but obviously didn't work out for us. But yeah, he, he's done pretty well. To say that, he, and he's got quite a few good connections with a few other clubs as well, which I think is a big advantage as well because you can get them cheeky loan deals, can't you? Yeah, so which so. helps us out. And I think, I think as well. Do you think that it might change the opinion on Murray a little bit? Sort of, you know. If, if people look at this on paper and now realise, well, hang on a minute, Murray was the manager in that time. Yeah. It, it, it was the end of the Paul Cox era, so there was, you know, there was a little bit of money, no doubt, which would have had to pay to Paul Cox to finish his contract off as well. Yeah. There's those little things which I guess sometimes, you know, when you're watching in the stand, you don't think about. 
No, I don't suppose you do. You just base it on results more than anything, don't you? Um, but no, I think again, any manager that's got the hands tied behind the back really with funding, and you know, definitely. I mean, I've never really looked at it like that myself, to be quite honest with you. And it's a surprise for me, to be fair. But no, yeah, I was, I was just going to say on that. You just you mentioned that you've never looked at it like that yourself. Does it perhaps put things into a bit more perspective? From you, do you, do you now do you now realise? Do you now perhaps think, well, that's why we didn't go and sign a, a, an out-and-out striker, or that's why we didn't pay big money it, for that player yeah, when it became available? It does all, obviously. I mean, the thing is, it did, it did the best with what it's got. I don't think it could have done any more better than what it did with the players they had, to be honest with you. Mm, fair play. Yeah. Uh, another bit of positive news on the financial front as, as well is the fact of an investment. An investment of £2.5 million has been injected uh, into the club this year. No doubt, going to be needed with the players that were brought in. With you know, we've, we've, we have got players on freeze but we've also paid money for, for players yeah. uh, as well so we are going for a little bit does anyone feel that you know we are we've put the money in we've made a save in, the, in this previous finance year we've put the money in this year that it is sort of a little bit of you know do or die playing your last hand at poker really well it is I mean I think it is really it's a big big season for us isn't it? I mean as far as going up because obviously a lot of the talk when Steve Evans come in and he, he wants to come for nothing as well the players are bringing in the improvements off the pitch as well you know to the new training facility you know improvement to the stadium as you mentioned earlier so yeah I think it's a massive season for us really when you look at it from the outside Kirsty obviously you know you mentioned the Sandy Pate Sports Bar maybe, yeah. maybe we'll go in there one day and, and do one of these podcasts yeah that'll be good <laughs> little hint to there stags um, we'll, we'll, we'll buy a drink but if you want to give it as for free, I mean, no, stop it, Craig. Sorry to try and buy freebies. Uh, no, in all seriousness, though, Mark mentioned it there. Obviously, the, the 3G pitch, the training pitch, the money invested into the actual pitch. Yep. And the development of, you know, Weyburn Lane in Plesley and things like that. The, the money that they're spending on putting up the, the younger players at Brooksby and things like that. There has been a lot of investment in areas which people don't perhaps think about. But as a supporter. Are you happy at that, or are you thinking, do you know what, now I just want it all ploughed into the first team? Um, I'd like it like 50-50, because obviously you can tell that this is a season that they want to get up and go for, obviously, for their aim of the championship, which why you've got that little bit of spare money now, that's like your time to be improving areas of the club that's probably not been up to, to standards for quite a bit. So... I don't know. I'm happy with both because obviously the pitch has improved. You've got nice new dugouts, new AstroTurf pitch. Looks a bit more professional. Mm. And I think that's yeah. since Steve Evans has come in. I think we have improved massively more on a. We seem to be a more professional run club. Mm. I think like match yeah. interviews after a lot quicker. There's yeah. a lot more positive. There's a lot more stuff on like the YouTube and that. Whereas before it were. I'd be like halfway home to Edwinstone you've still not got a manager like giving his reactions or yeah. anything I just think with I won't say too much considering what job I did last year but, but uh, I'll let you off yeah <laughs> don't worry we were in the same position that's all let's just let's just say that as well um, obviously you know you mentioned uh, the dugouts there you sit just behind the away dugouts Mark do you sit in proximity to the dugouts or yeah the home dugouts that's right, the home dugouts so you two really are at a block yeah. point you, you've never yeah, met before today no, no never first time strange world of football that isn't it strange world of football obviously um, now you'll see each other every week and you'll be either trying to avoid each other or say hello oh, it's me um, probably, probably the latter to be fair um, obviously you know I sit in the, the upper tier or have done for 
well I do anyway um, and have done for, for many a year and for me the dugout movement didn't really affect me but sitting in the lower tier I can imagine it, it did I'll start with you Kirsty when they first moved over were you happy or were you a little bit annoyed that your view had been obstructed somewhat because I know a few people were I was a bit annoyed but obviously I just saw it on Twitter and it was like oh they moved the dugouts and I, and I was like oh they moved them too and it's like right on our block so I was a bit like sending off a message like look where they moved the dugouts like we're not going to see anything but then when I got to the ground for the first match it wasn't it wasn't half as bad and it didn't restrict your view which makes it a bit funny when the match is a bit dull when they all start picking on away players in the dugout and stuff so I suppose that adds a bit of uh, comedy yeah. value to it as well yeah. in a little bit yeah, yeah and it's quite <laughs> amusing obviously to watch Evans and Rainer in action yeah. especially when he's going off on one it, yeah. it is, no impressions <laughs> please I can't afford to get sued <laughs> but it is it's a lot better because obviously the more over and involved with the fans aren't they which I'm assuming is what Evans wanted because fans are giving the away team more psychologically grief. as well though it plays a big part too doesn't it because when you think about you know getting on the back of players and and things like that that must be a that must be a, a thing it must, you'd it, think it, so yeah when, if you were away player you, you yeah. wouldn't like banging on the back of the dugout would well, you no. but also it creates an atmosphere as well and that's the biggest thing about it as well because obviously let's not forget where years ago didn't play the dugouts were there yeah that's, that's true they were in there in the olden days well you briefly mentioned the uh, youth team in there as well obviously uh, John Dempster's side came from behind to beat Notts County in the EFL Youth Alliance over the weekend a 2-1 win for Dempster's uh, side as well Lewis Gibbons uh, with a brace for Dempster's side good to see the youth team doing well yeah absolutely I mean to be fair we've come in such a long way in such a waste of time with the youth team I mean you know I know some of them have been signed up to the pro team I think so it just shows you you know with the young sides coming through and John Dempster's doing a fantastic job to say it's his first job in youth management so yeah it's, it's brilliant steps for the club Certainly so. Well, let's uh, move on then to uh, one of the regular features as well. Let's talk about the Ultimate Eleven last week. Of course, we were looking for uh, right back today. We're looking for centre backs uh, as well. Um, let's have a quick look because as we record this now in Titchfield Park, uh, it's just gone. What time are we on? Just gone twenty past three on Wednesday afternoon. So the very actually still live, so it could all change. So what I'm going to do. Yeah. Is I'm gonna actually no, I've just had a notification. The vote has finished. Oh. Oh, so the results are in. This is live. This is good. <laughs> okay, so I can reveal last week's choices were Alex John Baptiste, Lee Beavers, or Richie Sutton in last place. And may I add, how nobody put Gary Silk? How can anyone forget Gary Silk? Quality player, yeah. disgrace. Yeah. Well, there was an other option on there. You know, you could have added your comment, but you know, oh, no. maybe next time you see. <laughs> Yeah, we forgot to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. We've Completely. got subs to come as well. We're going to do subs and, and yeah, stuff like that. Get so them on there, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll do one sub for each position. Yeah, definitely. As in, yeah. Not like another 11, but as in like That's one defend, one goalkeeper, one defender, one midfielder, yeah. one striker, yeah. and then another or something like that. We'll yeah. work it out. There's a long season to go yet. I've yeah. not quite figured it all out yet. <laughs> uh, so, in last place... My choice of Richie Sutton. What were you doing, people? Richie Sutton was Mr. Dependable. He was absolute class. Disappointed. Uh, in second place, Iron Man, the man with the iron shoulder, Mr. Lee Beavers. Disappointed, Kirsty, on that, yeah? Yeah. Favourite player? Yeah. One of them, yeah. <laughs> which, which means the winner. Was this your choice as well? Yeah. Second week in a row, <laughs> Alex John Baptiste at right back was, was uh, the winner on that one. <laughs> so, congratulations to you again for the second week in a row. Can you make it a hat trick, though, as we look. For the uh, for, for uh, the first 
centre back. So obviously, <laughs> you know, if your choice doesn't get in this week, maybe you can go for it next week if you want to. You know, it's all up there in the air. But yeah. Kirsty, obviously, you've watched and listened to the podcast for the last three weeks. Yep. We've done this for two now. You, you because we forgot in the first week. It happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> happens a lot. Collection question. Remember as well. Um, so, have you sort of had a little think about who you want? What's your thoughts on this feature? First and foremost, we could get burned here. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good feature. Thank you. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a couple of people in mind. So. Well, usually we do go for the person who sort of, you know, won the, the poll in the week before. But because you're the guest, you're the first time to debut on the podcast. No doubt we'll have you on across the rest of the season uh, as well when you when you can, can make it, of course. We're going to let you have your name first. So who are you going to go for, for your, your centre-back of choice? I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for Luke Jones. A stable choice. We'll yes. find out why in a minute. Mark, who are you going to go for? Kevin Bird. Oh, now you see, interesting this because I've I had a bit of a dream the other day and just sort of reflecting on this. I was just thinking we're just going to end up with a conference side, aren't we? That, yeah. that won the league as the ultimate <laughs> 11. Yeah. Kevin Bird. Yeah. Okay, as I understand it as well, you used to work in a well known supermarket. Can't send the brand name unless no. they want to sponsor us. <laughs> Contact us at mtfcmatters at gmail.com. Thank you. And with Kevin Bird. Yep. But obviously before, sadly, he started to get dementia and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. So what, what was he like to, to work with? It must have been surreal for you being a, a supporter of the club to, to watch one of the, the, the legends, you know, put some tins of beans on the shelf. Yeah. Well, so he worked on it fresh a bit. So it was just quite, used to go down. So I didn't know for a bit. And then it was my mum. She was like, oh, that's Kevin Bird. And I was like, I should go up. And then, yeah, just used to go and have a word with him hear some of his um, stories of how different it is in um, football in terms now as in like drinking and everything before matches and stuff what was one of the, the best stories that you can remember Kev telling you with, uh, about his days at, at Mansfield I don't think it was him that told me it was somebody else and I think he'd been out the night before because he weren't meant to be playing and I think he was um, a bit worse for wear and then got the phone call Obviously, I think it was about 11 o'clock next day. I had to stroll in straight into first team, mm. playing, which I can't imagine it happening now, like. But mm. I think I, you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's certainly a few performances where I've been thinking of they, but they had a few the night before. But yeah. absolute <laughs> top guy, Kev Bird, as well. And uh, uh, his, his wife, Sue, actually, I did a, did a programme for my other work on the charity game a few months, months yeah. back, yeah. looking at that. And, uh, you know, absolute top guy. It's sad to see him, you know. Yeah. Some of those memories fading away. On that subject as well, I know, you know, it's a, a sidetrack from this, but the memory walk coming up in Clumber Park on October the first. Um, I'm going to be doing it and walking for, for people with dementia. So if you want to find out a little bit more about that, we'll put the links uh, to, to what I'm doing uh, in the description as well. I haven't given you my choice yet either, which no. is <laughs> been, it's kind of avoiding now. Because Richie Sutton was in, in, in the vote but didn't get it, I'm tempted to go for Richie Sutton again to try and get him in at, at centre-half. But there's a player in there who I'm thinking of. I did mention his name earlier on as well. Again, from yeah. the conference, they sound re- slightly reluctant to, to say it, to, to sort of have him in there. But I can't not. I'm going to go for, for John Dempster as, as, uh, as my choice for, for centre-back in there as well. So uh, we've got two from the conference days... And, and one legend and we'll also add the uh, A and other option uh, as well in there so if you've got a centre back that you'd like to see make it uh, we'll get that in there as well but 
Uh, the rules are you have a minute to, to pledge, you don't have to use it all, you've got a minute to make your plea for your player. Uh, so you've chosen Luke Jones Kirsty, so in three, two, one, tell us all about it. Oh, in the middle minute. Well, obviously a solid defender, um, till obviously his injury when he went a bit downhill, but he could always rely on him, good tackler, strong confident defender, and he would always bag you about five, six goals a season. Smashing him with his head, five corners. So easy. Should streak ahead and win it. There we go. I can't yeah. think of anything no, else. That's, that's good. <laughs> I mean, I, it's only usually me and Cam that use the four minutes, so yeah. you know, so we'll wait and see. Uh, Mark, Kevin Bird is your choice. Yeah. So in three, two, one, tell us all about it. Well, a club legend. I mean, you know, I mean, you've seen the amount of goals he scored as well for a defender. I mean, I think it was, I don't know the number for him, but I know it was a lot of goals. You know, commanded, you know, tough tackling, you know, everything he looked for in a centre back, really. And, you know, it's just sad to see him now, but his legacy at the club is fantastic, and you know, obviously, he had a suite named after him. And it's just an absolute legend for the club, and you know, he's one of the one of the first players you think of, you know, the history of Mansfield Town for me, and you know, hearing stories about him and that. I mean, you know, if anything, it would have been awesome to see him play. So yeah, Kevin Bird for me all day long. Fantastic. Well, that was only there. Yeah, that's easy. So I've got to make my plea for, for John Dempster now. I don't think I'm going to use the full minute this time around. I mean, usually I do impassioned pleas and yeah, yeah. try and make it sound quite dramatic. But here we go. Okay. John Dempster, of course, uh, Mansfield. I would say he would. He will go on to become a legend. He sort of retired and sort of you know went down the order. But if you look at what he's done with the youth team as a coach, yeah. that's a, a fantastic achievement as well. You know, two win, two league wins in, in two seasons. Fingers crossed for a third this year. But as a defender, solid, sturdy, yeah. commanding, good leader. Had promotions with previous clubs. Came in, uh, obviously brought in by Paul Cox, and you know did well for us and, and, and things like that it was always a defender which I rated as well but he was powerful yeah. in both boxes he, he would score he, he, he got a couple for us and could score and, and could offer us that but for me he was a commanding calm defender who brought some stability in the periods that we needed him to yeah. you know he had a good partnership with Luke Jones and to be honest if it wasn't for his partnership with Luke Jones at the end of the conference season, the title winning season, I personally don't think that we would have got promoted. So vote for John Dempster. I've run out of time then, did you know? Is I had to quickly turn that back around and get that in. So uh, there you go. So we'll find out, you know, if. Uh, if uh, any of those three can, can make it into our Ultimate Eleven, or if it will be one of your choices. The uh, details on how to vote in the description, of course, and you head over to Twitter at MTFC Matters to check out the vote on there. Let's move from the past to the present. We're going to talk about Luton on Saturday. We've got two games coming up before our next podcast. Luton on Saturday in the league, and, of course, uh, Lincoln City in the Checker Trade Trophy as well. We'll talk about that in, in a minute, but let's start with Luton on Saturday. Always a tough side to beat. Had a great season last year. Unfortunate yeah. not to, to obviously get to the, the playoff final, beaten by eventual winners at Blackpool as well. What are you expecting, Mark? Well, it's a tough game early on, but it's what you want. You want to be playing against the top teams. You know, it's going to be a tough game. I think everyone's going to be a tough game, to be fair, but especially Luton, obviously, a fellow promotion rival. So it'll be a big game, I think. I mean, it'd be nice to get the results, but I don't think it'd be the end of the world if we didn't. But yeah, it'd be a tough game, obviously. You know, the players they've got, they've got the likes of Hilton, the boy Collins, who I think we tried to sign. So 
it's going to be a tough game for us, but you know, it's, it's what you want as a footballer and a fan. You know, you want to play against the best teams and test yourself. So it's going to be a massive game. Yeah, certainly so. And Kirsty, we were talking about you know bogey teams earlier with Accrington Stanley, and prior to a couple of years ago, you would say Luton are one. They were always a team which unnecessarily I felt we, we feared, but either way, we did. Yeah, they're always. So it seems to be up and say to a few years ago, always a very fiery encounter with them. It was sort of like couldn't be any further apart. A bit like a always felt like a, a derby atmosphere because it'd always be either the fans at each other or they'll be very good on their uh, dirty tackling to kick a game off quite early and then. I can't tensions. remember not watching a, a game against Luton which wasn't fiery or dramatic. I mean, no. <laughs> you think back to when we got relegated into into the conference. They were one of so you know the I think the first midweek game of, of one particular season. There was red cards flying yeah. in. There was all this. There was all that. And then I think even in the conference winning season, Lyndon Meekler in the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I don't know if blast from past that. Certainly was a, a blast from the past. <laughs> I remember commentating on that and going going nuts as well. If you want to find it, the links on the website. Um, but yeah, it's always a, a tough. They're always a tough test, and you know they obviously got promoted yeah. uh, as as did. I think they go up the season before us, didn't they? I think. Yeah. Yeah, they, they went up the season before us, which sort of opened the door a little bit yeah. uh, on that. And they've been up there and they're pushing to get to League One they haven't quite managed it yet but last year they came very close and as, as Mark said they made some fantastic signs in, in the in the close season do you think they'll they'll be up there again this year? Yeah definitely they're, they're quite not massive club but they're quite a big club they've always got plenty of away followings and they always seem to get them a couple of good players Obviously, like you were saying earlier, we were signing some of their players in conference so they wouldn't go up, which obviously didn't work because <laughs> they went up instead. But yeah, they're, they're a pretty decent team, and I do see them being one of the like top four or five that's fighting for that top spot. Yeah, certainly so. And if you look at you know the clubs that um, the, the players that they've signed, I mean, you mentioned him there, James Collins. I watched him last year. I watched three games. Uh, the, Doncaster game in the cup, which is this time of year, the um, and then the final two Portsmouth home and then, and then Crawley away and yeah. watch Crawley and James Collins. I, I couldn't take my eyes off him because he was the player which I just felt we screamed we needed. And yeah. I don't. Do you think that Steve Evans would have gone for him in the, in the summer? Do you yeah. think they've had a cheeky, they've had a cheeky look. Yeah, I've heard there was talk that we was trying to go in for him. I mean, I remember seeing an interview where it, it was all about getting him, but. It would have been a quality signing, but again, money talks into, and I think that's what swayed it in the end. Yeah, Luton, of course, not shy of a, or not short of a few quid either. And mm. you look at the other players they brought in as well. You know, the strike force this year is, is, is mouth-watering. Yeah. Elliot Lee, who they brought in from Barnes down a free transfer, uh, football manager, um, players of the, the game. <laughs> yeah. Have you played football manager? Yeah, yeah. You and you'll know what I'm talking yeah, about. That he was the what? go-to loan signing, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, brilliant one too. Yeah, yeah. He gets you goals, and as we all know, football <laughs> manager is, fa- is is factually correct. So. That, that's Stick with that. You've played football manager before, Kirsty? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Elliot Lee, a signing you'd have gone for? Have you seen his name about on there? No. not been played managing. No. Oh, we've got one of these who manage in the top leagues and doesn't keep it real by managing the conference, yeah? I do yeah. do Mansfield sometimes, but I usually get sacked before end of the season, so. <laughs> oh, you should have signed Elliot Lee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, James Shea as well, obviously goalkeeper from AFC Wimbledon. They've had, they had Mark Tyler for, for, for years, obviously getting towards the back end of his career. Yeah. He might have hung up his gloves. I might, I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, Mark Tyler, I apologise. But James <laughs> Shea from FC Wimbledon, good keeper as well. Yeah. 
tighten things up at the back. Uh, Jack Stacey, another one, defensive midfielder, box to box midfielder, pretty much our their version of our Paul Digby. Yeah, they've got a good spine of a team there, haven't yeah. they? And, and they'll yeah. be tough to beat. But they're the games you need to be winning, aren't they? So yeah. if you're you're Steve Evans on Saturday, Kirsty, what, what do you say to the, the players? How do you approach a game against Luton? They, they've not won away from home yet. The, the two wins so far have been on home turf and. In the league, we've we've not technically not lost at home either. So no. you know, <sighs> how do you approach it? Do you go all guns blazing? Do you sit think, back a little bit? Or? I think go for him in the first twenty minutes. Just give it go, give it what you've got. Get that early goal because then like the heads might drop. Give us a bit more confidence instead of like say sitting back and leaving it, and then they nick that goal in the last five ten minutes because there's nothing worse. Than losing in like last ten minutes, yeah, so definitely. I think we've just yeah. got to go all out attack and just yeah. show there is a, a reason why we are favourites yeah, for the league definitely. and to show it for a game because we've not quite had a full performance of that yet, have we? Nothing to fear over them. Well, no, that's it. I mean, end of the day, it's still early season though, so you know it's it's a time where you can afford to make mistakes if you get. I mean, yeah, they're a big side, obviously, but you know, definitely, I think we need a result on Saturday to show our, you know. To give up season a big kickoff really because we've not really got to go into the fair ever since that first season win against Forest Green. Now, one thing I'm massively passionate about is the uh, Checker Trade Trophy. Now, we obviously won it back in back in the day. Never really have we had a strong squad, a squad strong enough to compete. Need to yeah. change these teeth. Um, but <laughs> this year, I think we have. I would be very disappointed if we came out against Lincoln and didn't give it a go would you agree if you look at the strength in depth we have even if you sort of you know look at the players who haven't really played you can name an 11 pretty much straight away now yeah. can't you and you know and surely them players that would probably play like the backup ones they've got a point to prove to push themselves into starting 11 for the league game so you'd be wanting them to be giving everything they've got to like obviously help the club progress in the cup but also force their way into, into starting 11 yeah and it, for, for me I don't know what you, what you think Mark but obviously they've got every, a lot of former stays they'll be looking forward to coming back to the Longcore Stadium some of them will some of them won't yeah. um, but <laughs> do you agree that it's a competition which gets a lot of criticism yeah but the money actually if you look at what you know Checker Trade have done they've invested more money into the competition yeah. the format's changed obviously it's now a, a group stage which is perhaps why we got further than what we did last year <laughs> you know in previous years last year but it put some decent money in the coffers really yeah yeah. that could come in real real handy and send a message to those League One clubs that you know we can compete but yeah, exactly. I mean, like you say, you know, you're giving the players a chance to play. You know, any fringe players, for example, the chance to play and you know, again, prove themselves, like you say. And but well, a big thing as well, it, it just gives confidence as well. You know, even if it's just a cup run you go in, it gives you a massive confidence boost. You know, and more investment into the club, as you say. And I mean, remember, we got pretty far last season. When we think about it. Yeah, certainly. So, so, so I'm just gonna just gonna ask you then for a yes or no answer. Then really, I'll start with you, Kirsty. Should Mansfield Town be taking the Checker Trades Trophy serious and getting us a day out at Wembley? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I do, but I, I still think the league will be the main priority. I, no, I agree. I, I agree I the do. league is the main priority, but I all do. I'm saying is we've got such a strong yeah. squad in depth. I mean, but we can do both. Yeah, that, yeah, we can. I mean, let's look at those who haven't, play, haven't really played. I'm going to name you an 11 now of players who haven't really featured yet. Yeah. And then tell me if that team can win a competition like this. Yeah. Alejnik, mm-hmm. 
Bennett, yeah. Taft, yeah. Murphy, who obviously has been out of the side the last couple of games, yeah. Hunt, you've got McDonald to come back in, yeah. you know, you've you've got in midfield, Mellis hasn't really played yet, you know, you've got your other players in there, you've got Alfie Potter, yeah. you know, you've also got CJ Hamilton who's been in and out, and then, you know, Kane Hemmings obviously he will probably be, go on and become a regular, but, you know, he's yeah. in there, Jimmy Spencer, uh, you know, Amari Sterling James as well. That side on paper could win you a competition like this, couldn't it? Yeah. Make it happen, Steve. <laughs> Make it happen. Uh, let's move on then to our final, just tying up the, the loose ends then and talk about the Prediction League. Now, something to admit, Mark, obviously this week I've had a bit of a change in shift pattern. Hashtag excuses. Um, <laughs> So I haven't uh, had time to sit down and work out all the permutations yet for this league league table. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to insert a nice little graphic on the screen for you about now, which tells you the league table, okay? Uh, I'm also going to put it on the website and and everything as well. But the thing still stands. We're all going to make our predictions, obviously, uh, uh, as well. So... um, Kirsty, first and foremost, obviously, we've got no Cam and no Nathan this week, so I want you to pick one of the two where your predictions, your points for your predictions would go to. Cam or Nathan? Who are you going to help out in the prediction league? Um, go Nathan. Okay, fair play. Uh, Mark, obviously, you're playing for yourself. Um, so, this is the way the prediction league works for those who don't know. We predict the outcome of the game, so that the score, the. Um, the goal scorers and then we have bonus points for naming the side and the captain so Mark you can go first this week the score please first and foremost uh, on, on that one uh, two on Mansfield yeah uh, captain Diamond well, let's go for the goal scorers first oh Emmins uh, <laughs> debut goal and Diamond again goal scorer yeah. stick one on Diamond he did come close against Accrington to be fair yeah. right give me your starting lineup then uh, still think we'll keep Logan in goal I think back four same again White Pierce Diamond Benning midfield I think he'll chuck McDonald back in there um, Byron midfield um, I'm going to say Mellis um, and that wide Anderson and up front Rose and Hemmings. Okay, all right then, Kirsty, your your turn. You've been swatting up on this. First and foremost, give me your 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 score and your goal scorers. Um, two one. Two. Us. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go for a Rose double. Oh, Rose double. So it could be two points for it for for Nathan if uh, Rose comes up with with double. Right. First, you've got to give me your your team selection now then. I can't pronounce it. Is it Alejnik? I think yeah. he's going to stick him in goal. Um, go for the same back four. I think McDonald's going to come in, in for midfield. And I think Byron's going to come back in. And I'm going to say it's going to be Rose and Hemmings up top. OK, and for double points, it's the captain. Diamond. OK, okay right. I am going to go for a very, very tight 1-0 win. Goal scorer, I'm going to go for. Yeah, all right, I'm, I'm going to go for Pierce. Mm. I think it'll be a set piece. I think we've looked dangerous from set pieces. Yeah. Uh, starting lineup, I'm going to go for Bobby Lesnick. Uh, back four of, same again, uh, White, Diamond, uh, Pierce, and Benning. 
midfield four, I think he's going to mix it up a little bit in there. I don't particularly think he'll actually play a midfield four, but just for the purpose of this, I'm going to go for a four. Uh, of McDonald, Byram, who I think we missed terribly on Saturday yeah. at Accrington. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. Uh, alongside Digby and Atkinson. I know I've missed Anderson out there. I know. Yeah. Sorry, I know friend of the show. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, up front, I'm going to go for Hemmings and Rose. Sorry, Ando. I, I, I feel really bad now for that. I do. I do feel generally bad, but we'll see. We'll see from there. And obviously, captain will be Diamond. So, double points for Craig on that one. Uh, very, very briefly. Then I mentioned it there. Um, Joel Byron. There what a miss he well, yeah, was there was no creativity was there in midfield that was the thing that we liked on Saturday yeah and I think you know if you look at um, Byron's sort of his game a lot of people you know don't perhaps pick up on on what an addition he can be no. for us but we clearly did miss him on Saturday well, yeah we? things like experience don't you, you know, in, you know in, well in any games really you know it just gives that calmness doesn't it really and you just you know, you can you know what to expect from him really. Just just Mr. Reliable, isn't he really? Uh, I'm a big fan of Paul Digby as well, but I felt that Digby without Byron actually lacked something as well. Yeah, he struggled at times, didn't he? I think Definitely. sometimes you, you give yeah. a bit of a laugh there, but I yeah. think sometimes you know it's, it's these partnerships which yeah, you break them up and you yeah. just lose a flowing flowing team, don't you? What are your thoughts on, on on Joel Byron? Then obviously you've heard what me and Mark said about missing him on, on Saturday at Accrington. From from what you've seen of, of him, what's what's your your views on him? He was here last year as well. Yeah, he's a good player. Looks a lot sharp and a lot fitter this year because obviously he's got that pre-season behind him more game time I think he's a good he's been a very good replacement for Chris Clements I think a lot lot better so he just gets out when it gets too too hectic he just gets it in the middle middle of the park controls it down slows it down and just pops like a ball over the top he's just he's a good player I don't know why he got dropped but yes, it's an interesting yeah. one. Why do you think? Was it? Do you think it's? I know Evans mentioned a bit mm. of an illness thing, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, do you think it's it that? Or? It could have been that. I mean, there's no reason why why they keep him out the side. To be fair, I mean, you know, we're playing some good football, so I don't understand why. I mean, yeah. I mean, just trying to think. He obviously brought CJ Hamilton in, into the side, which gave a bit a bit of a pace. But if you look at the midfield actually on on Saturday, Accrington, essentially, even though Anderson and Atkinson were swapping that central role, yeah. essentially we had three out and out wingers across the midfield, and yeah. that didn't yeah. bode well. No, which is no. Terrible shame, terrible shame. Uh, let's tie things up then with the connection question answer. I asked you earlier on. Uh, Mansfield and Luton have always had hard fought battles, not as tense as 2011 when the Stags, very much the underdogs, beat the Hatters over two legs to reach Wembley. But which Stags player gave Mansfield the advantage in the 1 0 win in the first leg at the One Club Stadium? You weren't sure, but I think you just the cheeky glance at the answer. I am, uh, no, well, I'm uh, Mark, you said you thought you knew who it was, so yeah, pressure's on you. I don't know his second name, but his first name, Danny. Indeed. Did that ring any bells? Well, I was just thinking, because it's with Louis Briscoe, is it Danny Reed? No, 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 Danny. No. Wow, Danny yeah, Reed. That's a throwback. Wow. Oh, that is a huge Jeez. throwback to a time I care to forget. Uh, the answer was Danny Mitchley. Mitchley. Danny Mitchley, Mitchley was the man oh. who scored the all so important not, that's bad. It's not even ringing a bell that oh. one. It will. You'll go back and you'll be like, oh yeah. <laughs> Danny Mitchley was the one who scored the, that goal in the first half against Luton. And uh, really, the pivotal goal as well. But there you have it. Well, that is just about it for this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. Obviously, Scott Rogers didn't make it in the end. So I, I, maybe he did actually make it. Because you know, if you think back earlier on, there was a B 
which sort of <laughs> flew around, weren't they? Maybe Scott Rogers was the bee. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott, if you're watching this back, mate, obviously more than welcome to come on a, a podcast at another week's time. Um, if you are, you know, listening to this as well, fingers crossed that Nathan Edge, our Nathan Edge, who has done superbly well at the blind football at the European Championships, fingers crossed he makes it to the semi-final of this and indeed the final over the weekend and we look forward to having him back next week Uh, we'll be back same time next week uh, where we'll either be in a park in Mansfield or we could well be in the Lake District why Carlisle away next Saturday as well we may be going on a little bit of a tour who knows we'll see what (laughs) happens on that one do keep interacting via the usual methods we'll stick all of our Twitter handles in the description uh, as well for you to interact with us if you've got a comment that you don't like about us then come have a go we, that's, we're all about conversation aren't we yep. yeah, and also as well sure. make sure you head across to our blog page where you can check out Kirsty's blog you can check out Mark's blog and you can check out my blog uh, as, as well if you've enjoyed watching the Mansfield Matters podcast over the last couple of weeks or so as well and you think do you know what I think this would look, would look great in my business premises we are looking for a sponsor for the show somewhere to go and have a coffee or wherever somewhere to go where it's nice and warm over the winter months do get in touch and most most importantly you at home get involved uh, as well on the show you can tweet us at mtfc matters you can get on facebook facebook.com forward slash mtfc matters or you can email mtfc matters at gmail.com do get involved with the show for the fans by the fans why well because mansfield matters i'm going to leave you uh, with this this week obviously we mentioned it at the very start of the show as well the sad loss of former stags boss duncan russell this week uh, from all of us here at mansfield matters i'd like to dedicate this podcast and this video podcast to russ as well russ sleep well my friend from me craig priest from mark plum and from kirsty swan as well thank you very much for watching or for listening we'll see you at the same time next week goodbye days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.